0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I have something else I want to share with you. I believe it's a end of year get ready for new year message. And it's, it's in line with what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. Uh, we've been talking about how God wants us happy. And He's not against us being rich. He's against us being covetous. And if you have enough integrity to handle it, He has no problem helping it get to you. Because He knows you'll put Him first with it. You'll help people with it. And He won't just blow it like somebody who doesn't know God. Right. Um, we talked about that in the previous lessons. But I want to I kind of broaden it since we're ending this year. I want to broaden it into any area. Uh, That you want to see help in any area that you want to see increase in anything that you want to see turn around I want what I'm going to say tonight not just to apply to the financial realm, but to all realms mental emotional family kids job, uh, whatever and so I want to talk to you tonight about uh, the privilege of pressure. (laughs) I Want to talk about how pressure is actually a privilege Uh, I kind of like to put it this way. Uh, You don't want to mess with a child of God who's not woke up yet Because enough pressure will wake you up Hmm? All pressure is not bad. Diamonds are made good under pressure There's a lot of great people, but they have also gone through a lot of great pressure They just learned how to respond properly when the pressure came Paul learned it. We're going to go to some scriptures that the Apostle Paul found. But really, this whole 2020, we can say it's kind of been a year of pressure, right? Extra problems, maybe. But I'm telling you, you and I, as believers, have in us treasure that shows up best under pressure. I'm going to show you some scripture. Paul said we have this treasure, in earthen vessel. And at the same time, he starts talking about all these pressures and problems that came to him that caused that treasure to be seen. You know, who you really are comes out under pressure. And who are you really? A child of God made in the image and likeness of God. Right? I'm going to tell you right now, we were built for battle. We as believers, we were built for pressure times. We're not overcomers because it's a cool name. There's things we're going to have to overcome. And we're built for it. Oh, come on, guys. We're built to overcome. You may not have utilized your uh, tools and abilities, but we're built to overcome. And pressure, it should not be something that causes us to freak out or to go, oh, it's so terrible. We should go, oh, what an opportunity to see God show up to embark on another faith adventure that pleases God not the, don't get me wrong the problems aren't from God and the problems are not his will but he allowed them because he knew we could overcome them and him allowing is not him causing he'll allow you to go rob a gas station that doesn't mean he wants you to but here's what we. we I kind of want to title it there, there's a few titles tonight you know me Sometimes I have ten titles to one message, but... But which way is the pressure pushing you? Because it's going to push you some way. And when the pressure comes, you're going to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It's going to push you somewhere. So which way is the pressure pushing you? Why do some people excel... Recover, go stronger than ever after pressure and some people are gone you never hear of anymore hear of them anymore after the same pressure I think a lot of it has to do with what you know when the pressure comes so it's very important to learn when the skies are blue um, I'm going to say it again pressure is a privilege to let our true colors shine We believe God we're not gonna quit God didn't lie the victory is ours through faith and patience I'm gonna inherit the promises I don't know most of us have heard that that uh, diamonds are the result of great pressure within the earth coal and pressure and heat and other things Diamonds are one of the most beautiful stones. I mean heaven talks about diamonds. I mean diamonds are beautiful. How'd they become diamonds? Not easy. <laughs> it takes a bit to become a diamond, right? Pressure reveal reveals the treasure inside of you that maybe had no reason to come out before. Turn to 2 Corinthians 4. Anybody liking this so far? Should we lock the door so nobody can leave? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is going to be a great message. You're going to like this. There's a lot of hope in this. I was, I was thinking about the year that we've just come through and how we've got a couple days left, and there's a lot of stuff that happened that my flesh wished didn't happen and my spirit wished didn't happen, but I can't change it. It happened. I prayed a lot of it wouldn't happen, and it happened. What do you do? Let me, can I tell you what you don't do? You don't give up. Right. And you don't yield to what you feel like doing. Right. right? We're growing here. We're growing up spiritually. We're not body ruled anymore. We we were more ruled by what God says than feelings or emotions or anything. But, but what do you do? I mean, I, I kind of look at it like this. And we'll read this scripture, but and there's scriptures to back up all, all this, guys. But it's like... What happened in 2020, a lot of people, let me, let's say this. You can, a person can choose to go, man, 2020 stunk. I mean, it stinks what happened in 2020. And you can just rehearse that and go over that and go over that and tell everybody on Facebook, tell everybody, man, this year stinks. I tell you that just, you know, you can, you can talk about how bad the manure smells. Or you can take that manure make it into fertilizer grow from it turn it into fuel propel you down the road and actually use the stuff to get higher it's your choice some people say it stinks it stinks it stinks it stinks all year long other people are going fertilizer 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 energy 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 yeah it don't smell real good but it works real good if you do use it right and a lot of it has to do with your attitude and what you've been learning. This is why you need to go to church because when tough times come, all that church attendance now shows up. All that's been being developed in you shows up. I mean, you've got to put God's word in you when you don't need it so it'll be there when you do need it. And I underscore the word when you will need it. And if it ain't in there when you need it, it's a little late to start to get filled up. So 2 Corinthians 4, and I want to read you a couple things here. Paul's talking about some stuff he was going through. You know, great men of God all through the Bible went through tough times. They struggled with their faith. They had pressures come to them. They weren't perfect. They did things they shouldn't have done. Pressure comes, pressure came to Jesus. Oh my goodness, the Garden of Gethsemane? I mean, I think the word Gethsemane comes from the, the Greek words uh, olive press, where olives were pressed under pressure. Gethsemane, Jesus was pressured. I mean, he sweat as it were great drops of blood. And, and because of that time of pressure, we're all saved. He endured that time of pressure and we're all saved because of it. He didn't give up. Yeah. It's amazing what comes out of pressure times if you don't give up. Amazing how many other people are helped if you don't give up. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want you to notice verse 7. Paul said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So is there a treasure in you? Yeah, there is. And it says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. I mean, you don't have to be a bad person to have trouble. Paul was doing well. He was in the will of God. He had trouble. He said, We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. In other words, we're not going to let it get to us. They could have. A lot of people do let it get to them. But what a great confession. How's it going? How's it going, Susie? Susie goes, oh, man, trouble on every side, but I'm not distressed. That's a good good word, right? Trouble but not distressed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. Interesting. He's saying here that though the pressure is coming against you severely, even in the form of death is just around the corner, if we don't give up, the life of Jesus will show up and be manifest in our body. How many think you'd rather see that outcome yeah. than where's so-and-so? Oh, they're gone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he says, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Can you see here that the pressure, that, that something good came out of the pressure? Huh? Always delivered unto death, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And then he says in verse um, 16, For which cause we faint not, for though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, <laughs> oh gosh, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So, you know, pressure is going to show us what we're really made of. It may not be everything you wished it was, but it ain't over yet. (laughs) Amen. I was reading, Rachel got a book from somebody had given it to her in the church by Ivanka Trump, a really cool book, um, something about women in the workforce or something like that. And so she was not there that day, but I was in the office just yesterday and Carla was in there doing something on her computer. And I just picked up the book and opened it up. And she starts talking about these scenarios in the workplace about how, listen, listen, if you're going to make it anywhere in life and you're going to be successful, you're going to have to start over more than once. You're gonna think you're there, you got the right staff, you got the right things, you got the right equipment. And he, he said, don't, don't, she said, don't be surprised if you lose it all and you have to start over again with a whole new staff, whole new set, you know, training everybody over again. I said, that's just normal for some people that are very successful. Just just mark it down, you're probably gonna have to start over a few times. We have somebody, a friend of ours, whose parents were very, very wealthy, and it sounded like, I think, what he said, that, that their parents had filed bankruptcy five times before they got to where they were s- totally successful. That's starting over five times, bad credit, everything. See, here's the key. You don't quit. The only way we lose is if we quit. Not if we make a thousand mistakes. The only way we lose is if we quit. And we're not quitters. We're believers. I mean, can you think of anybody that may have had opportunity to quit? How about Caleb? God promises him a mountain and all kinds of prosperity and the promised land when he's 40 years old. Now he's 80 and he gets to finally take it. And Caleb said, Joshua, I want this mountain. God promised it to me when I was 40 years old. I'm 80 years old now, but God promised me this whole hillside for my land, my, my family. This is mine. And he said, Joshua, I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. See, having an attitude of not giving up will preserve your life and lengthen your life. He never lost hope. He knew he'd get it someday. I'm sure he's going 78, 79, 80. Hair's a little grayer. But I'm not giving up. God didn't lie. And he got his mountain. He got his land. Enjoyed it for many years after him and his family. Oh, glory to God. Now, I said this earlier that we are built for battle. If you want to see your full potential come out, don't run away from hardness. Endure it. Now, when it comes to sickness and disease and things like that, stand against it, resist it, believe you're free. But when it comes to some of these growing up areas and these pressure things and some of these things that are not leaving immediately like you'd like them to, don't think that you're losing because you feel weak. You're actually developing and growing stronger under pressure, which will produce greater things and you just can't get them any other way. I was talking to Carla about this at dinner time about how... Uh, Pressure helps you do things you could never do by yourself. It helps you over that wall where you need a little extra lift, you know. I know this sounds a little strange to Word of Faith people, but we need to hear this because there's been pressure and there may be some more. So I would like you to do this. Turn with me to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to remind you of something. When pressure comes there's two different responses a lot of times now i don't want to go to this scripture right now but if you if you later if you want to look at job chapter two verse nine a lot of bad things happened to job satan found access some problems came his way he lost his kids he lost his 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 uh, uh, health i mean he has all these boils come on his body Uh, his his businesses were greatly attacked and and his wife says see the pressure comes right our wife is going one way. Job's going one way. Here comes the pressure. Here comes the pressure. Just lost their kids, lost their business. Job lost a lot of his health. And his wife says, hey, Job, why do you retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Next verse, Job says, you're foolish, woman. I'm not going to curse God and die. And he, he says some other things in that verse there too. And it's interesting that Job went on with his walk with God and we don't even hear about his wife from that time forward. I mean, she's like, you, you can see what the pressure did to her. Eh, going to church and that, being a Christian and work. you need to just curse God and die. Just curse God and die. It's sad, but that's what pressure does to some people. It pushes them away yeah. from the way they should be going. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's a mystery right now. I guess you'd have to know their, their life, their upbringing or something. I don't know. But But Job he didn't let it push him away from god he said no i'm uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh-uh. i'm going to keep learning i'm going to keep going god's way i'm going to you know i'm going to get out of this thing and he did he got way out of it he was one of the most blessed men in the entire bible who had a bad year so in 1 timothy 4 this is going to come right down where the rubber meets the road. Look at verse 1, 1 Timothy 4.1. This is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, a pastor of a church in Ephesus, talking to all of us today. Paul said, the Spirit of God speaks expressly. This is when you put your coffee cup down. You stop what you're doing. You turn the TV off. If the Spirit's speaking expressly, you stop everything you're doing. This is strong language. The Spirit speaks expressly, What Lord? In the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. The pressure of the end times is going to push some people away from where they used to be with God. And there'll be all kinds of logical reasons and, and logical feelings and offenses that you know, make you feel like you have a right to depart and do this and do that. Or I tried that, I tried that, I, I thought this, I thought... No, no, people need You need to recognize we're in the last days. And here it talks about um, departing from the faith because they're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And it talks about having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And it goes on and on. Well... If you'd hold your finger here and just click over to 2nd Timothy chapter 3, you'll see more why that this departing from the faith happened in some people's lives. Didn't happen in everybody. He said some. Everybody say some. Some, some shall depart from the faith. They didn't say everybody's going to depart from the faith. Why would some depart from the faith in these times and others not? And others actually get stronger. Good question. So 2 Timothy 3 says this, know also that in the last days, difficult, dangerous, perilous times shall come. And then he lists a whole list of reasons why it's so dangerous in the days we're living in the end times. So we've got these two scriptures. So in these latter times, times of danger, times of stress, times of pressure, some are going to depart from where they used to be with the Lord in the church, the Lord's body, doing the will of God. So let me go back to the title. Which way is the pressure pushing you? Are you doubting some things you know were true 20 years ago? Are you doubting some things you knew were right 10 years ago? Are you thinking maybe, well, I don't know, maybe I was wrong? Or, Friend, these are serious questions. You need to really make sure that when the pressure comes, it's not pushing you away from what you once knew was right. It's pushing you deeper, or should I say higher, in what you know was right. Knowing from whom you've learned them. So we know from the scriptures that in the end times, there's going to be pressure. And I going to say it again. There's some things we can't change no matter how much we confess, no matter how much we pray, there's some things that are going to happen in the world. I'm not saying they have to happen to you, but they're going to happen in the world. No matter what happens in this crazy world in the end times, Jesus is still our protector. He's still our provider. And that's why I feel like the Lord had us teach on some of these things the last couple weeks concerning finances and God's will in that area, because there are some things coming upon the earth. And we're going to have to wean ourselves off of this this world's economy. The law of sowing and reaping never crashes. Can't say that for our economy. I don't know how much longer businesses can only be half open before we have the greatest crash we've ever had in our history of this country. I I pray it doesn't happen. I pray somebody gets in the office and fixes this, not makes it worse. But what if it happens? Everything going to be all right for the believer. We're living in a time right now, th- th- let me put it this way, there was a time we wanted some things so we learned about faith so we could get those things we wanted. The time is coming when we're going to have to have some things and it's beyond just wanting. We have to. I think we're living in a time right now where we're going to have to use the teachings we've heard on faith more than ever. And it's not just so we get what we want, it's so we get what we need. The Lord's prepared us for many years for the days we're living in now. My question is, have we received the preparation in our doers of the word or just hearers only? The good thing about a hearer only is at least you know what to do. And I say it's time to start doing it. Things you've learned about faith, things you've learned about Mark eleven twenty four, 24, things you've learned about how to release your faith, how to develop your faith, how to walk by faith, things we've learned about faith, it is time to apply them in the health area, in the financial area. Hmm? I mean, even Jesus himself prophesied in the last days there'd be pestilence, plagues, earthquakes, things coming on the earth, right? I mean, th- things going to, and, and I don't know, we, we can't change that from happening on the earth, but we can walk above it by faith in God. It's just, this is actually a wonderful time because now we get to really use our faith. <laughs> right? And what a clear distinction between believers and the world. I mean, can can you imagine? I mean, let's say, God forbid, another plague hits. Ten times worse. And people are dying by the millions. Mask or no mask. But there's that group of people that go to that certain church. They don't get it. It don't happen to them. You talk about revival... They don't get it. They're cooked up with something beyond this world. Yeah. Pestilence and plagues pass over their house. Yes. They're prospering and they're not even good businessmen. <laughs> but they're good sowers and reapers. Yeah. Yeah. They're good farmers. Again, I don't I don't, I don't think everything's going to happen overnight. I mean, I didn't think a plague could happen that quick either though. <laughs> Whether they call it coronavirus, I... Bad flu or whatever, but um, no matter what, no matter what, we know what to do. I say, let's start doing it. Amen. We know what to do. The Lord's helped us greatly. Um, did you did you guys um, did I tell you to go to First Timothy? Go with me to Second Corinthians twelve. Second Corinthians twelve, and. I just sense in my heart, um, do you ever hear the scripture, God is a very present help in time of trouble? Do you ever hear that scripture? I like it when I need quick help. God is a very present help in time of trouble. Can we say in time of pressure? God is a very present help in time of pressure. Think about this, guys. Think about this. I did a teaching a couple years ago, coming up to Easter Sunday. I think it was like the week before Easter Sunday. I did a teaching. We were on our way back from some meetings in Summerlin, Nevada. And I think Carla was driving. And I was looking out the window and praying, seeking God about the upcoming meetings. And the Lord shared this with me. He said, I want you to teach on Jesus is in trouble. You remember that? We did a teaching on Jesus is in trouble. And what I meant by that, I didn't mean he did something wrong. I meant... He's in trouble when you're in trouble to help you out of trouble. I mean, the very nature of his name means he's in trouble. He's an expert at getting people out of trouble. And we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, and the fourth man appeared with them in the fire. Jesus is in trouble. So if you're in trouble, you're where he's at. Just by his name, Savior. I mean, the very definition of his name is I'm with you and for you in trouble. I mean, my whole, Jesus, my my whole name is, you know, it, it didn't just say, you know, I'm your, I'm your coffee drinking buddy. I'm Savior. That means when you're in trouble, I'm there. God is a very present help in times of pressure. When you feel like he's not there is when he's there the most. I said, when you feel like he's not there, that's when he's there the most. Amen. And that's when you don't let the devil trick you into saying all these stupid things like, oh, I don't know why God doesn't care. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, I don't know, everything's so bad. No, that's how you don't see him help you out of the trouble. And not because he doesn't want to, but it's because we don't let him. We don't allow him to. And so 2 Corinthians 12, and we did a teaching not too long ago on amazing grace. <clears throat> and we talked about... Um, This scripture here, again, Paul is giving a personal testimony. And he had to learn some things, just like we got to learn some things. He said in verse 6... For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think me above that which he sees me to be or hears of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. And God's not doing this, okay? A lot of people read this and go, well, God, God let the devil. No, God and the devil are not working together. If they are, we are in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> Come on. God 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 and the devil are not working together. Satan assigned a demon to Paul because Paul had such amazing revelation. Such powerful things from the Lord appeared to him more than once. I mean, he's saying here Satan assigned an angel a messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing i besought the lord three times that this pressure might depart from me basically is what he said and the lord said my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness think about this paul's saying god take this away god take this away god take this away jesus saying paul my grace which you're not tapping into at all right now you're not appropriating it at all right now it's sufficient for you and Paul received correction like you and I need to see corre- receive correction at times Paul received correction he, he went oh I don't need to pray for you to take this away your grace is already more than enough to deal with this thing See, Paul was looking like a lot of Christians say. They're praying, oh God, take this away. Oh God, take this away. Oh God, take this away. And nothing's happening. They need to get a revelation. You may already have what you need. You're just not appropriating it. Paul went from praying and praying and praying to saying and saying and saying, his grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. me. And he wrote to Timothy later and said, You know all those afflictions that came to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? You know all those afflictions that came to me, Timothy? Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. He learned how to appropriate grace. He learned how to, to say, He learned not only how to pray, he learned how to say, His grace is sufficient for me. But notice this. Notice this. He said in verse 9, The Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. <laughs> My strength, I told you, he's an expert. He's with you in the weakness. He's right there. His power's there. Somebody says, well, I never see the Lord's strength. Are you doing anything that, you know, put you in a situation where you have to have some more strength? He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, most gladly? Therefore, will I rather glory in my weaknesses Infirmities here means weaknesses. It's relating to the weakness of this this persecution that was coming in his life. Now notice, Paul said, I'm going to quit begging God for help. I'm going to start going, Thank you, Jesus, for your power and grace. Now notice, he said, I would most rather glory in my infirmities. What's the next word? That, or we could say, So that. Your attitude under pressure is huge if you want so that. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. See, we have to recognize and realize pressure may not be what they taught us in school. You know, something you always avoid. You know, always try to get comfortable. Sometimes pressure... It just happens and it's and if you're a born-again believer, it shouldn't freak us out like it freaks the world out We have an all-things-are-possible God Who moves mountains? Helps us to move mountains We don't respond like the world does to pressure We don't go golly, why does this happen to me? We go praise God another opportunity to prove God's word works Another opportunity to see the power of God come on the scene God's going to take what the devil meant to destroy and I'm going to stand on it like a pulpit and preach to the world how God delivered me from this thing. Mess is going to turn into a message. Right? (laughs) The test is going to turn into a testimony. If our attitude's right, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Oh, church, are you getting this? Oh, thank you, Lord. All right, in closing. Turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Some things we can't change, but we can change. Amen. Somebody says, "Well, I just I just wish it wasn't cold. I just wish it would never be winter." Well, You could move, but um, in reality, you know, there are four seasons here, and wishing and praying that there's no winter is not the way to go. (laughs) That's a waste of time and energy, and money if you've spent any money on it. Let's just see if we can develop something so there's no more winter. How about you just get ready for it, get a nice warm coat, instead of cursing the cold, just put a nice warm coat on. It's coming. It's coming. 6,000 years it's been happening and it's going to keep happening as long as the earth remains until the Lord comes back and changes everything. Um, 2 Thessalonians please and we'll close with this because we have to wrap it up here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and let's look at verse 2, 3 and 4. Paul's writing to the church. He says, "'Grace unto you and peace from God our Father "'and the Lord Jesus Christ. "'We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, "'as it's right, "'because that your faith grows exceedingly, "'and the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds, "'so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God.'" It's kind of like we're bragging on you. "'For your patience and faith.'" in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. What happens if you endure instead of bail? Your faith grows exceedingly. Everybody wants great faith, but nobody wants any great tests. (laughs) Here's the newsflash. Great faith comes from great tests. Everybody wants an amazing testimony, do you really? Because <laughs> you might have to have an amazing test right? but you know what so, who cares how big the test gets? Can it get bigger than our father? Can it get bigger than the lord you, you know i don't want the, i don 't want the wrong person to get in office, man, I want the right person to get get in office. I mean, I know some people say it 's already said and done i, I don 't know I, I think there's still opportunity for things to change. I think there's still opportunity for you know things to happen I think the Lord can do some powerful things and and we'll all know that it was right when all said and done but I don't think we need to have the attitude that oh my gosh oh my gosh if it goes the other way uh, newsflash believer Bible still works. Mark 11:24 still works. You can still have as much prosperity as you want. You can have as much protection as you want. You and your family and anybody else you can get to come into Christ Jesus and get saved and born again, they can have all the protection they want. They can have all the health and healing and deliverance they want. Jesus doesn't stop being Lord if the wrong person's elected. Amen. Jesus doesn't stop being healer, protector and good shepherd. You know, I I said before the election, and I think I remember saying, I hope I'm wrong, but I I remember saying before the election that, um, I I remember kind of bringing forth a question to the church, and I said something like, you know, I'm not sure which would be better for the church. If this person got it, or if this person got it. Now, if this person gets it, I think it's going to be really, really good times for the church. But would will will the good times be enough to motivate us to be where we need to be in God? You know, fully. But if, if, it seems like one of the things the early church had in connection with all the power and miracles and signs and wonders that we don't have is severe persecution. I mean, it just started squeezing miracles out of everybody that had faith. Now, some people push pushed the other way, but other people that push them to contend for the faith, not draw back from the faith. But here, here's what I want to say. We're go- if you're a believer, go to sleep at night. Enjoy your salvation. There, there's a lot of people right now, and I'm going to say this by the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people right now stressed, stressed. Um, you, you, your stomach's not doing well. You, you, you're having some dizzy spells. You, you're under pressure because you're watching too much news. It's self inflicted hurt. Watching too much news is called self inflicted hurt. There's people right now, they are so afraid of the coronavirus. They're so afraid. They're scared. And it's not, it's not because of the coronavirus being so big and bad. It's because of hearing words over and over and over again that aren't 100% true. I want to say this. Coronavirus is a flu. But fear of it makes it more than a flu. I said fear of it in your life will make it more than a flu. I wonder how many people had severe symptoms because of the fear that the news media put in them that it wouldn't have been that severe if it had just been treated like a normal flu. Fear is a powerful stuff and the devil knows how to get fear into people. Just like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, fear comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the enemy. And we got to be smart enough not to make these trash cans or these garbage disposals. We need to be hearing and seeing things that promote faith in God, joy and peace and helping other people. Not, do y'all realize that just because a sophisticated news broadcast broadcasts it does not mean it's true. Oh, I pray for a revolution in this area of we don't listen to the media anymore until they've proven themselves again to have some character and integrity. Sounds like the revolution's starting right now. I'm serious. I mean, the, the news media. Monster. I'm not saying it's all terrible, but most of it that I've heard, I don't even want to listen to. I don't care how shiny their tie is and how slick their hair is and how LED background. I think it's time we listen to the Holy Ghost. He's got good news for us. And it brings peace and joy and strength. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.